Good morning, Four Oaks. It's a rainy Thursday on November 15th. So glad that you, you know, I'm just lost my mind here. It's a Wednesday morning, a rainy Wednesday morning, November 15th. I'm with you, I promise, just trying to, to get untracked this morning. Hey, we're in Matthew chapter 12. We are tracking with our sermon for this coming Sunday, where we're spending the week prior, which is right now, unpacking the scripture together um, with the hopes of helping us all grow in our biblical interpretive muscles and knowledge and being able to be students of the word ourselves. And so we're in Matthew 12, and we're finishing this very long section where Jesus uh, is experiencing this growing hostility with the religious leaders and the Pharisees. And it seems that the more miraculous things Jesus does, the, the, the more authority he demonstrates in his teaching and his ministry, the more opposition he incurs. Um, the Pharisees, as we've seen, are so entrenched in their way of life, in their mindset, in their position in society, that they will do any and everything, even uh, trying to discredit Jesus by um, attributing to him the works of Satan and the power of Satan and a whole host of things. And so this brings us to this last section where Jesus has just told them, you're a wicked and adulterous nation. And then we, Matthew closes this section with, with these two incidences. So let's start at verse 43, read through the end of the chapter, Matthew 12. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest, but finds none. Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house empty, swept, and put in order. Then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits, more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there, and the last state of that person is worse than the first. So also will it be with this evil generation. While he was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother and his brothers stood outside, asking to speak to him. But he replied to the man who told him, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Okay, so Jesus, we saw last week, has called out the Pharisees as a wicked and adulterous nation. And then he follows it up with what is seemingly this obscure teaching about a demon and spirits and clean and unclean. And it seems to be completely disconnected from what goes before. But but we talked yesterday about how that's not. This is actually an illustration of how the Pharisees operate. That um, while they may engage in outward religious reform, inside they are empty. And so while they may deal with one particular problem and, and sort of paste over that, cover over that, in a, in a merely behavioral, surfacey sort of way, they haven't been filled with the power and love presence of God. And so what ends up happening uh, in the illustration, the spirit returns with seven other spirits, and their condition is worse than before. And the whole point is, um, repent and turn to me. Um, mere outward modification does not do anything in God's eyes apart from a changed and transformed heart. 
And so every time you go through this exercise, Pharisees, your condition worsens. You become more hardened. And, and that's his point. I don't deal in mere surfacy ritual sorts of behavior as the means of, of, of knowing me. So, so, so that was the first part of this text. Now, the second part where we're going to camp out here the next couple of days is this passage, again, seemingly um, not connected to the others, right? He's speaking to the people. His mother and brothers come. They're outside asking to speak to him. And he retorts with what seems to be this dismissal of them. And again, tells a lesson about the nature of the fam of the of God's family. Now, the reason this connects, though, is that the Pharisees assumed that not only were they bound to God by external works of righteousness, okay, but they in fact were also bound to God by their ethnicity by their connections, by their family ties, okay? And this was another fatal error that they made. And we think about Paul's admonition, right? Who is truly an Israelite? Well, it's, it's the one who has a you know, changed heart. Not all the children of Abraham are descendants of Abraham, but only the children of promise, okay? And so Jesus wants to give us an illustration of who it is that is really a part of God's family, okay? And what makes you a part of God's family? So, so let's look at this text, and we'll see how far we get, and then we'll come back to it tomorrow. It says, while he was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother and his brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. Now, um, I mean, there's, there's a lot of ways to think about this, right? It's, it's, you maybe remember when you were little and um, you were doing something with your friends and hanging out and your uh, mom sent your little brother or sister in to tell you it was time to go home and do your chores, right? Or your, your, one of your parents busted into your sleepover and said you forgot your retainer or you know, something embarrassing like that. And so on one hand, we could look at it kind of humorously. Hey, they're wanting to, to talk to Jesus, but actually something probably much more serious is happening here. The, the idea and the language while he was still speaking, his mother and brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. This denotes some sense of urgency. In other words, there was some sort of concern that they had. Um, and um, this concern could have been, um, we think you're crazy. We think you're out of your mind. We know that Jesus's um, brothers like Jude, like James, did not believe in Jesus, did not know Jesus um, um, or trusted him for who he was as the son of God during his earthly ministry. It was only after the resurrection. And, um, and this could very well be, hey, what are you doing? You're embarrassing us. Um, we, are, we, we think you're crazy. Now, the, the problem with that sort of interpretation, and again, if you look at the other parallel gospel accounts, there are, there are other accounts like this that tend to emphasize that aspect of it. But as far as this particular account, it doesn't really say. What, what, what we can at least say is there is deep concern, right? Um, 
deep concern, I think at least in part, because of the fact that the Pharisees are seeking to destroy him. And he is saying things that could very well get him killed. Um, so I think there is a concern for him. I think there's obviously a concern for themselves. If our brother is executed as a treasonous religious traitor, um, that doesn't speak well of us. And so, so whatever combination of those things probably was in play, we know that there was um, an opportunity here where um, his family seemingly is calling him back from whatever he's doing. And Jesus uses this as an opportunity to remind them that the deepest bonds that can bind a human being are not familial, they are spiritual. And he uses this as an opportunity to stretch out his hand towards the disciples. He says, here are my mother and my brothers. Now, now this, this is, so, so let me stop there. So first of all, he's denoting very clearly what binds people to God is not their ethnicity or their heritage or what rituals they do. What binds them to God is a living, active relationship, okay? Um, these, are, these are my brothers and sisters, Jesus is saying. Uh, look at verse um, 50. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Well, that, that even puts a finer point on that. We see many times um, what Jesus, when Jesus says, I've come not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. And what was the will of the Father who sent him? That everyone, John 3, 16, who believes on his name will be saved. That whomsoever um, will not perish, but will have eternal life. It was God's will that Jesus be lifted up and that people come to a knowledge of the truth and trust in him. Um, recall back also in the Gospel of John, Jesus says, I did not come to condemn the world, but save it. And by that, he doesn't mean that people aren't condemned by not believing. He means that judgment had already been meted out to the world. And so Jesus did not come to heap more judgment. He came to offer salvation. And it's that line of, of a spiritual relationship, right, of being in alignment with God through his son, Jesus Christ. It is this that binds um, God's family together. And of course, there is a million applications to this, right? Both in terms of um, not presuming upon your heritage, needing to have your own relationship with God apart from your heritage or family, the idea that you can grow up adjacent or approximate to a religious community or environment but still be lost, uh, the fact that you have to come to, to terms in your own heart with a relationship with Christ, you can't have a mediated relationship with Christ through another human being. There's so, so much here. And so it's, a, it's, it's kind of Matthew's closing shot here to say, Pharisees, the reason you are not a part of my family, God's family, is because you do not do the will of his son or the, the father who sent me. And what was the will of the father? That the son be lifted up and that the people 
and the nation would trust in him as their long-awaited Messiah. And that ends this section of um, this growing hostility between Jesus and the Pharisees. It, it, it puts it on hold until Jesus goes on and does a series of teachings and parables, okay? But we're not there yet. So that's where we are for today. Um, we'll come back tomorrow, tomorrow, Thursday, the actual Thursday, November 16th. That'll be our last devotional until after Thanksgiving, okay? So we'll do a devotional tomorrow, um, and then we will be off, taking a break for Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving week, coming back the week after Thanksgiving. But one more Devo tomorrow where we try to wrap all this up and put a bow on it. Hope you join us. Thanks. Lord, remind us that grace does not come because of our um, background, our history, our ethnicity, our family connections. Grace comes through your son, Jesus Christ, to any and all who ask for it and who know they need it. Lord, remind us of that today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. See you tomorrow.